Carefree Black Nerd is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and carefreeblacknerd.com. Please rate and review on iTunes, like, share, and comment on SoundCloud. Of course, let's keep this conversation going. Live tweet with me when you're listening to these episodes. Give me a quick little live tweet. Stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Yeah, that's that. (laughs) Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman. And this issue covers the Royal Mackenzie. That's the way we overcame the Brady Bus. The Brady Bus. Now for this issue, we're going to do something a little differently. Picture it. Earth 6706. Marvel Comics. The creator, Chris Claremont. The New Exiles. Back in 2008, there was a little um, run of an alternate universe that we'd all like to return to, if at all possible. Um, Think of a world where the father of this character was African-American, as opposed to Caucasian. And this particular king, King Namor McKenzie has the same exact past as the white Namor from Earth-616, except he became the king of Atlantis at an early age. So um, for this issue, we're actually going to dive into a um, race-bent character known as King Namor McKenzie. King Namor McKenzie is an African-American sub-mariner as opposed to the Caucasian one that we've seen all about town. If you Google Namor or King Namor, you're going to get the white one. So there's that. Um, now, this in this uh, timeline or this alternate universe, which is like every time we get these alternate realities, they end up having such good stories and such rich kind of backstory and um, let me see stories surrounding the characters. That is like, why don't you move some of this shit into the six one six where it will have an impact, will be something serious. I think the only characters that I can recall um, that kind of had a history like that was um, the original Captain America, Josiah. No, no, not Josiah. Jesus Christ, don't take my blurred card. It's, I covered the guy. Um, the original Captain America, the black guy, and also Miles Morales having been integrated into the 616 and... Um, as great as that is, those are the only two instances I can think of. But even then, like, are we at service of a, a, a greater character? Like, you're still kind of second because although you are the black Captain America, the black Spider-Man, that's what you're delegated to is the black Captain America and the black Spider-Man, much like this character is the black Namor. But I digress for the first time of probably many, many for this episode. Now, um, this particular Namor was um, African-American, of course, like I said, and he resided under water and he, of course, became king much sooner than the white counterpart. Now, for this character, we have him as the Atlantean king with diplomatic immunity. He's about 6'2", weighs about 275, 80 pounds or so brown eyes brown brown hair the importance of the distinction of making sure that you know what he looks like is because he is the black namor and to really get a sense of his size 
Um, I'm not really big with sports, not great at it, but whatever basketball player you can think of who's about 6'2 and about 280 pounds, that's probably Namor. Um, his relatives are Captain Leonard McKenzie, who was his father, who was deceased, Emperor Thakoa, his grandfather, who was deceased, and Princess Finn, his mother, which in true Disney and comic book and pretty much anything fashion, the mother was nothing but a baby factory because I don't find... Excuse me. I haven't found much about his mom. And if you do know, hit me up, Carefree Blurred. And um, while you're at it, live tweet this episode with CBN Pod. Um, let me know what you found because I couldn't find anything about Princess Finn. Now, um, his skills and abilities are he's exceptionally gifted at hand-to-hand combat. And his powers, he has superhuman stamina, durability, agility, and speed. But his powers slowly decrease as he spends time out of water, which is like, I like that as a nice little twist. Like, okay, this nigga is strong and powerful, but with his connection to the sea and to the water, it, you know. And then with the earth being like the majority water, it would, that's not that, mm, that's a good little like kryptonite-esque thing for him. Because if you capture him and I guess keep him in a cage in a room high above the ground. He gets weaker and weaker, you know, so that's that's pretty cool. Now, um, quick side note, you guys, I am a little under the weather, so if you hear so, um, I'm not dying, guys. <laughs> I'm just getting over um, sinus, cold, or whatever, I don't know, something that didn't, uh, got to me down here in Texas. Now, he is not immortal or... Uh, which is so weird the way that they, they explain it is that he has an extended lifespan. And when they say that about characters, I'm kind of like, how do you know this? Like, we haven't killed this character off yet. Yes, this is fictional. And yes, you can make up the rules as you go along. But to say that he has, like, an extended lifespan would imply that you know when he's going to die or he's died already. It's just a weird, I don't know. So... He has wings on his ankles, uh, which allow superhuman uh, flight or fly at superhuman speeds. Rather, um, he can lift in excess of 100 tons, which puts him at the same class as like the Hulk, She-Hulk, Superman, Icon, Blue Marvel, Thor, like all these exceptionally strong characters, which is like, again, another character who would do well in the 616 in main continuity. Right now, I want to see me a Netflix series about this goddamn man. Shit. His black ass. And he looks like a black man. Like he's a, Cari- a dude from the Caribbean. He's a brown skinned, curly head motherfucker. <laughs> so um, he's, again, like I said, born in a world where his father is African American. And a lot of that wasn't explained. And I don't think it really needs an explanation. Because one, this is a, a timeline where we're not, it's not the 616. It's not main continuity. Like I don't see him popping up anywhere else although i would love to you know team him up with the black scott uh scott summers corporal scott summers and let them go at it and have some shit going on but whatever i digress now in this timeline uh namor mckenzie the king rescued susan storm which i'll let you right let you know right now that this this thing with him and sue storm is like i mean i I halfway get it. I get it. I get it because one in the regular timeline, um, Namor always had a thing for Susan Storm for uh, of the Fantastic Four. 
was always after her. I think um, in one storyline way back in the day, he like created a whole movie studio and shot a movie about her and had her be the main star. And I just like to try to get a date with her. I get it. That's cool. I'm I'm looking at this more or less as like an ode to the original source material. But why did he have to? One, why did he have to go for Sue Storm? And then two, in this reality, if we have Namor as a black man, why is Sue Storm still a white woman? Like, she could have easily been Hispanic. She could have been Asian. She could have been Native American she, or First, First Nations people. She could have been of a different race, but they relied on her still being blonde hair and blue eyed, which is whatever. It happened. So, um... Now, he saved her from certain death after her spaceship had been bombarded by cosmic rays. So, in this timeline, I assume that the um, initial space launch of the Fantastic Four that gave them their powers still went as planned. It's just Sue Storm was the only survivor because her spaceship had been bombarded by cosmic rays and battered by asteroids. And all of her crewmates were killed. They did, y'all. This event marked the death of 3 billion people. Not 3,000, not 3 million, but 3 billion people. As the asteroid smashed the South Americas into islands, it destroyed the Caribbean, it destroyed Japan, and it destroyed England. Which is like another interesting um, fact about this this timeline. Because not only are we getting race-bent characters, we're getting whole geography being turned around. Like this is a whole new landscape. Whereas in the Scott Summers, the Corporal Scott Summers, oh Lord Jesus, Corporal Scott Summers timeline, everything was as it is in America. Like we are under the impression that everything continued on. It's just so happened that these slaves have mutant abilities. Cool. But shit here, shit is different. You got this asteroid that created the Fantastic Four in this timeline destroying like all of America, destroying the Caribbean. I like just. That's new. That's one of the things where I'm like, bring some of this shit over into the 616. And I get that you want to mimic real life um, as closely as possible and ground a lot of these comics in reality. But it's like, ah, uh, if we can have secret wars and this patchwork planet that lasted all of a few months and then everything was rebooted and back to normal, we can't, can't we move some shit around? Like, uh, I don't know. I get a little frustrated because it's like, you have all these great stories and things going on when you have the um, alternate realities that people don't continue on or um, or do much with after the story is over. And it's like, ah, it's a lot of loose things. Like, oh my God, just Marvel, give me, give your boy, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd, give me control over two characters, one alternate reality, and give me six months. And I, I will get you a smash hit. I got the chops, brah. <laughs> All right, so um, getting back to the story, we get this, like, patchwork fucking Brady Bunch-ass family and shit. So, <laughs> so after these meteors destroyed everything, now the other meteors that didn't make it to landfall created a series of tsunamis, which further remade the world, which is like, oh, again, there's so much you can do with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's so much that can be done with this idea of the continents not being as we see them here in the 616. 
Like you've moved some shit around. Like bring the savage land, make that a, a country within itself. Like give me. <sighs> okay, y'all. I'm gonna calm down now. This is the part that gets me. Africa. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think you heard me. Africa. <laughs> Africa was left the only real superpower, which is like all the clapping emojis you can think of. Africa was left the only real superpower, which was divided by Storm and the villainous Black Panther. Now, for those of you out there who don't know the amazing character Storm, in short, she was born Aurora Monroe to a tribal princess of Kenya and an American photojournalist father. Storm is raised in Harlem and Cario. Excuse me. She was made an orphan after her parents were killed in the midst of an mm, Arab-Israeli conflict. An incident at this time also traumatized Monroe, leaving her with the condition known as claustrophobia that she would struggle with for the rest of her life. Now, for those of you who are uh, unfamiliar with the villainous Black Panther, present company included, because I didn't know who the hell this was, the villainous Black Panther, her true identity is unknown. But she came to power after the world war, excuse me, the world war, ravaged by meteors, leaving Africa the most preeminent superpower. Africa was divided between Queen Aurora Monroe and the Black Panther herself. She, however, wanted to control everything, and along with her blood force, she went to war with Atlantis. She managed to capture King Namor, Queen Sue, and their children, Aaron, Ari, Johnny, and unfortunately for her, she missed Valeria Finn and Gambit, who joined forces with the reality-hopping exiles and thwarted their plans after siding with Queen Aurora. There's so much shit going on in that small blurb of a background of the villainous Black Panther. I want to see this world expanded. Like, give me Earth 6706. Like, I want to know what happens in that Earth in 2017, in 2018. How are they living life now? But, alas, we can only wish and we can only dream. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the rest of the earth had expanded. <clears throat> God damn, my bad, y'all. Now, the rest of the earth had expanded, and the sea became the realm of Namor, of course, and Atlantis. Now, Susan and Namor eventually grew to love each other, to wed, and they produced many children. Like, God, was there not a. <clears throat> oh, shit. Told y'all I wasn't feeling well. Was there not a woman of color? <laughs> <laughs> in Atlantis, like not not a one. This nigga fought <sighs> whatever. So um King Namor McKenzie gets jungle fever, which <laughs> I don't know. So eldest to youngest, he had his firstborn son, who he named Gambit, uh firstborn daughter, Valeria Finn. Then he had his son Johnny, his daughter Ari, and his youngest Aaron, who was his daughter as well. Now he also became friends, he being uh, Namor McKenzie, King Namor McKenzie, if you're nasty. He also became friends with Le Remy LeBleu, which is like, in this timeline, how in the fuck did they cross paths? Like, I want to know what that backstory is. Like, somebody, like, I don't know. It's just, like I said, they keep having these 
time lies with these race bent characters, which has like pretty good story, and then it's like revisited no more. Come on, y'all. So, um, him and Remy LeBou, Gambit of the X Men, who eventually died in battle. He would name his first son, he being King Namor McKenzie, would name his first son after Gambit. The Atlantean rebels allied with the Black Panther and her armies in hopes of dethroning Namor. Now, that's the other part that's missing. I'm like, why the fuck are y'all, like, is it, and not even being funny, is it because he married this white woman? I got, honestly, and then she's also from you know, the surface world, Earth, or whatever, like, she's a regular human, she's not an Atlantean, is that also your issue with her, like, why are y'all going against King Mackenzie, I, I don't, in my research, I didn't find any reasons, I just found that they went against him and tried to dethrone him, I'm like, I didn't get anything about him being a tyrant or a bad person or, you know, an angry motherfucker that was off with their head. Like, I saw he was just a regular-ass dude who happened to be black and be the king of all Atlantis. So, I don't know. Now, Gambit, venturing into him. Now, Gambit, his father wed Sue Storm at some point, and he was the firstborn child of the couple while they ruled as king and queen of Atlantis. His name was given to him in honor of his father's fallen friend and ally, Remy Leble, the mutant Gambit. Now, Gambit is an interesting character because, of course, Namor looks like a, just a tall, brown-skinned black man and his wife, Sue Storm, looking like just the average, run-of-the-mill, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman. Now, they have him, Gambit, him being Gambit, as a brown-skinned man with blonde hair and brown hair, blue eyes. He's about six two, about two forty. You know, if the, if you care about that. Now, he's one third Atlantean and half human with a mutant X gene. He has all the natural abilities of both species, though due to his hybrid mutant nature, many of his natural abilities are far greater than any average Atlantean or human. As an Atlantean, he has numerous super attributes, including superhuman strength. Limited invulnerability, submariner, enhanced physical attributes, force field, and flight. Now, when you see his character, um, he's he looks very gold skinned. And at first, I was like, "Oh, that looks like a white man." But you know, us as people of color, as black people, you know, particularly, come in a lot of different shades. And I remember meeting not only just relatives, but people over the years growing up, going to school, and whatnot like guys and girls who would have a golden hue to their skin or a red tint, not just light-skinned people who you call red, but actual red or copper-looking skin and hair, blonde hair and whatnot. And as my initial reaction was like, oh, no, this is just a white man who they've made, they've put color on, where there's only so much that you can do in comics, especially when you don't have creators of color dealing with the, um, the properties and the characters. But... I'm giving Gambit a pass. Like, he has the hair that you would traditionally see on a white man. But looking at him as a whole and seeing where he comes from, being biracial or mixed race or whatnot, I, I'm i I'm giving it a pass because I know people who look like this. So, kudos to you, Gambit. Now, um, his name is Remy McKenzie. Uh, that is the prince. Um, again, blonde hair, blue eye. And I like that as... Off-putting as the relationship between King uh, McKenzie, Namor McKenzie is with Sue Storm, I would like to 
delve more into that relationship and that family. Give me some Game of Thrones-esque um, uh, storyline because I'd like to see these people fleshed out more. A lot of times we get these characters and they'll have relationships and they'll have children just like, um, case in point, uh, Hank McCoy and Cecilia Reyes. Cecilia Reyes is an Afro-Latino woman. Um, Hank McCoy, of course, being Beast, originally a Caucasian man, then Beast, whatever. They have a slew of kids and the kids vary in color and physical like looks or whatnot that's it then even with black panther storm two black people two african people they have so many kids and a lot of them are just like created and that's that much like if there could be some type of story you know copyright excuse me copyright carefree black nerd give me control over this land where you have mckenzie Namor McKenzie and Sue Storm ruling Atlantis. And then you have Storm and T'Challa over in Africa ruling that shit. And then you have like these kids from Cecilia and Hank McCoy over in America. And it's like this big ass melting pot of all these brown bodies. Open this world up. Take all these motherfuckers to this new earth. Let's see what we can do with all these brown people. And we don't have to have any creators who are not melanated. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my goal. Now, with uh, Gambit or Mr. Remy, we, um, with him being the first, he is very much a, a free spirit, like the carefree brown boy or mulatto boy, or whatever you want to call it. Now, again, his father went to Storm, blah, whatever. He was given his name because of Gambit who died. Now, on his world, Gambit, his world, the new Gambit, baby Gambit, uh, Gambit Jr., whatever. On his world, he witnessed his father's ally, T'Challa. Mm -hmm, T'Challa. So he does exist in this world. Um, he witnessed his father's ally, T'Challa, killed because of his tolerance and did battle with the villainous female Black Panther and her team of blood force. Now, life was a constant war for Gambit. And the way I see this is that Gambit though being the eldest, grew up in this like war-torn, well, he would have to because the meteor and shit hit and then he, his mama met his dad and bow chicka wow wow and then he's here. But like there, it seems that where I thought it would have been like a time of peace and rest, it's like Mackenzie and Sue Storm got together, you know, made love, became king and queen, started having babies, but there was no downtime. Like there was all this war. So I, I don't know. Again, I'm interested to see. I'm, maybe I'll just have to pick up a copy of the new Exiles my damn self. But on his world, he witnessed T'Challa become killed by the female Black Panther. And I like that too because although she's a villain, this woman rose to power and was kicking ass and taking names later. Like, And for her to have achieved so much, let's go back to her biography. The first line of it, her true identity is unknown. So this motherfucker, this woman rose to power, killed the original Black Panther, and still secured um, forces and uh, land and power, and nobody knew who the fuck she was. This woman could have lost in battle, ripped her damn hood off or mask or whatever, threw on a sheet, and nobody would have been the wiser. Like, she could have blended in. Like, where's her story? I need to see this motherfucker's back. Because she did a lot of sh Like, she was accomplished. Where the fuck is her? Where's she at? Well, <laughs> now moving on. Later on, um, during the Long War, 
Gambit will save the exiles, um, the member Rogue from the exiles from certain death, and later he would also join that team. So, um, good news there, guys. Uh, the prince or the prodigal son goes away to join the exiles. Now, moving on to the second born, we have Mrs. Valeria Finn. She's born the second child of Namor McKenzie and the invisible woman, Sue Storm, which, let me take a couple steps back. When the fuck did Sue get her powers? Like, I get it, the meteor shower and all that good shit, but, well, I didn't find much on that. I guess it wasn't really important, but it's important enough for us to know who Sue Storm is and that she's the invisible woman, but I guess not so much that um, we find out how she gets her powers or that there's even anything there because i'd like to see how her powers manifested in this new earth um and why she's still the invisible woman if she's the only one that survived why couldn't she be the um i don't know the thing or the human torch or mrs fantastic <laughs> so <clears throat> she's born the second child of namor mckenzie and the invisible woman sue storm she valeria finn unlike her older brother had the conventional skin coloration of a pure-blooded Atlantean. So she looks a lot like either, I want to say Nightcrawler. True Atlanteans looked um, more like the characters on Avatar, which is, I don't know if this is a retcon because I don't know much about Namor proper, but if the original Namor is Caucasian and everybody else is Atlantean blue-skinned, even this black Namor, who is a black, a brown skinned man. What? Where are the, where's the blue representation at? Give me the, the blue Atlanteans hell. If that's supposed to be more desired, <clears throat> which is cool. Cause I mean, that's melanin as well. So, um, her blue skin made her very popular among the undersea residents. Uh, Valeria Finn and her brother Remy were very close growing up and I don't didn't find out like how far apart in age they were it was like a year two years three years or whatever but they were closer in age than their younger siblings now her Remy had a Remy however had a very adventurous spirit going off doing carefree shit um, wherever the wind blew him he was gone now while he was out excuse <clears throat> me getting into trouble and shit she became a more responsible woman and somebody who her father could depend on. And although this isn't the same, when I found out that little tidbit, for those of you who watch Modern Family, I just thought of Jay and <laughs> and <coughs> and how his daughter is like this. She grew up a time when she was like always daddy's girl and doing everything. There's so many episodes where she's killing herself trying to please her dad. Whereas the gay son is just like, he'll never... Or he feels like he'll, he's never good enough, and not that that's to make light of, but that he isn't getting the same reception, of course, if he was more like what his father wanted. Not even his sexuality, just in general being a, a man that his father uh, would have been more closely linked to his father. And I got that, and I don't know why that's where my head went, but, you know, a little Easter egg for those of you who like Modern Family. Anyways, um, <laughs> so... Now, she became his right-hand man, like a little soldier, a little toy soldier, daddy's girl, whatnot. Now, um, after she had a few more siblings, so the, the other siblings came along, and they didn't have such a big part in the research that I found. They were just kind of there, still having to have the one-third Atlantean strength and all that good stuff, but they were still like kids. 
Um, the interesting thing about them is that although Gambit was brown skinned, blonde eyed, blue haired, Valeria Finn was blue skinned, looking like a traditional Atlantean. Um, because of their mixed genes, the youngest, the Johnny, Ari, and Aaron. Johnny and Aaron looked very brown skinned with blue hair, so they were kind of a mix in that regard. But Ari was very blonde haired, blue eyed. She looked just like her mother, which I thought was interesting. That's so I'm like, I like to see this these characters explored more because although she presents like a Caucasian woman, we would assume she has the DNA with within her Atlantean DNA to give her offspring more melanated, you know, appeal. And who's to say there isn't a Franklin Richards that comes out in this reality that is a black boy. So that'd be cool too. Now for Valeria, she, um, after the more siblings came along, she was sent into battle by her father, but her, during the big war, this grand war that was going on, she was the underwater sea captain, all that good shit. So she held shit down for Atlantis underwater. So she does all this and she becomes trapped by this guy named Atuma. I didn't find much on Atuma, but he was a enemy of uh, Namor, uh, Mackenzie, excuse me. And while her being captured by him, they kind of developed the romance. And it's like, I'll let this slide because it's like, okay, I'm going to just let it slide just because. But I don't understand why every time something happens to a woman and she's in the company of a man, be it captured be it you know nurse back to health or whatever she always falls in love with this guy and true enough the guy falls in love as well but it's like after that then she's relegated to be that man's wife you know like i don't i don't know it's just frustrating so after all this shit she becomes um they fall in love her and the tumor and all that good shit and they um they help to fight the war together so one of uh, mckenzie's um like greatest enemies becomes his greatest ally or whatnot. Now, going back over to King Namor, in his son's absence, King Namor McKenzie was killed by the evil Black Panther. Let's have a moment of silence for him. Ain't that fucked up? Now, in all this, I'm thinking I'm going to come to this happy ending where all is well. This nigga dead. So um, afterwards, Remy would succeed him as king. And then moving on, years later, the villainous Black Panther succeeded in killing King Namor, leading to Gambit becoming the new king of Atlantis. Damn! Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I get, I mean, the, I guess I get it in a sense, but it's like, shit, we get a Black Namor and this motherfucker gotta die? Ugh. Well, we got the white Namor. He's still here. He alive and kicking and swimming and doing all that good shit. He ain't dead. God damn it. Now, after adventuring with the exiles to many alternate worlds, Gambit later quits and returns to his home world where he learns that his father has died. Finally abandoning his wandering, adventuring ways, he commits to the throne and becomes king of Atlantis. Which is like kudos to him and all, but mm, let's not forget that Valeria Finn, uh, she was doing her damn thing from day one, but she didn't got up with a tumor ass and now they married and doing their own thing, couldn't protect her dad. And instead of her becoming the queen of Atlantis, he becomes the king. It's like, uh, nigga, that's cool and all, but you all hopping around doing shit. If you had been here with us, 
Maybe you could have helped dad and he wouldn't be dead to begin with. But you want to take your free spirit, wandering eye ass, following behind some motherfuckers to a different world. We need your help right here, nigga. Like, this ain't no, oh, I don't want to take over the family business because I want to be an artist. No, this is, nigga, we're in war and you have powers that can help us. Ugh. So that was the Royal Mackenzies. Um, I really think that this is an interesting uh, set of characters. Even with all the complaints that I have, this is just my personal issues with it. But I think that these characters are palatable, 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 marketable. I don't know. We could get them on somebody's uh, fucking animated series. Like Netflix. I mean, I guess it's underwater, so that would be an issue. But if it's animated, I don't see how that's an issue. Not even animated. Hell, can we just get a book? We don't have Fantastic Four right now. I believe the thing in the human torture often some comic doing something. And I want to say Valeria is showed up in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. Who cares? Shoot me. No, um, I just feel like this rich ass character, like <clears throat> I don't know. Y'all know my complaints. We got all these characters of color, these wonderful creatures, these wonderful characters who are often just killed off. And that's that. And the issue for me is not just that they're killed off, but you have these characters of color who are killed off, but you have these properties. You can do so much with them. We get 12 Captain America books, 100 Batman books, 600 Wonder Woman. But then you have characters like this where if you're just throwing out all of these goddamn miniseries and shit every other day, what's so hard about putting these characters to the forefront? We're all in the business of making money, but again, without representation, we're just happy to get whatever we can get at this point, And I'm tired of that. Now, there is a lot of griping that I'm doing about DC and Marvel, the big two or whatnot. And I know and I understand that there are creators, independent creators out there. Um, you got Dark Horse, Dark Horse, you got Image, you got um, Boom. You got a lot of companies who do have these characters and that's great. And I'm all for those as well. I guess my gripe with the big two is that you are the big two and you have the power to do these things. You got the, they could put out a fucking character called Sex Man and it's just garbage and trash, but because you have the big Marvel machine or the DC machine behind you, it'll, you'll do fine. Even if that never sells, you'll still be fine. So if you have that power, why not use it to advance other people? Like I'm not even advocating just for black characters of color. Give me some Asian Give me some um, indigenous. Give me some. Give me some of everything. Give me some differently able people. Give me something more than just blonde hair, blue eyed, pale skin motherfuckers who are running the show because that gets boring and tiring after so long. Like, I don't know. We're going to end it here, guys. <laughs> Before we end this being depressed. Um, fan fiction, though, I would love to see this. Uh, even if you brought all these characters to the surface to get it away from water to get the budget down because of course King of Atlantis you would probably have to spend a lot of money on CGI and stuff bring these motherfuckers here on earth you know keep them you have this earth distinction that has been mutilated by asteroids and meteors and all that so the landscape is very different all of this can be shot in a studio. Like you have more control over this because you don't have to mimic what the world looks like here in the 616. 
bring these dudes on the land, this family rather, um, bring us the evil villainous female Black Panther, bring a storm and like mix some shit up. Give me a limited series. Give me a, a, a eight episode run like Defenders. Give me something. But I feel like it's a lot of rich shit here that is just wasted. <laughs> So um, those of you out there who know more about these storylines, who know more about these characters, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag CBN pod. Let me know. Oh, you missed out on this. Oh, you should have did more with that. Oh, have you read this? Have you read that? Like, make this a conversation between you and I and you and you and you and you and you and you. Um, if you know more about these characters, if there's something that I missed, let me know that too. I'm not one to act like I know everything. I'm researching this shit and delivering it to you in hopes that somebody who does know more can say, hey, well, there's more of this here. Um, if any of these characters are popping up in the uh, MCU, let me know. Um, aside from that, we're going to keep this conversation going. Email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Uh, visit carefreeblacknerd.com, of course. Uh, visit bynkradio.com forward slash podcast. I'm now part of the BYNK Radio fam. Um, live tweet using the hashtag CBM pod, uh, Twitter carefree blurred. Of course, Instagram and most other social medias is carefree black nerd. Hit me up. Um, thank you all for listening. I thoroughly appreciate it. You guys are wonderful. We're towards the end of the year now. So going into 2018, I wish you all love, peace, Afro grease, hair grease, (laughs) however the term goes. So until next time, all you wonderful, melanated, and non-melanated people, I bid you adieu. Meet me back here. Same nerd time. Same nerd station. And as always, stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay geeky. All right.